You're listening to the Action Figure Blues podcast, episode number 20, brought to you by actionfigureblues.com. I'm Eli, and with me tonight are... Scott. And Ben. We're three guys living in Australia who collect action figures, statues, and other items from the worlds of comics and pop culture, and we like them so much we made this podcast just to talk about them. This episode, our toy of the week is the Buddy Bradley vinyl doll from Peter Bag's Hate, and our discussion topic is Holy Grails. Welcome, everybody. How are we going? Very good. Thank you. Very good. Thank you. What have we all been up to this week? Scott? I am feeling like I've dodged a bit of a bullet today because um, I had tickets originally to go to the Melbourne Oz Comic Con Mm. and we had a number of family things on this whole weekend and so we decided it just wasn't going to work and I gave them uh, to a workmate of my wife's. But the media reports and social media reports are unfortunately that the organization was an absolute disaster and apparently quite a number of people with prepaid tickets queued for a couple of hours and then were told to go home because they weren't going to get in. Wow. So mm. it's not not just on the uh, social media that I normally look at, but it's on regular media as well that it was a bit of a debacle. So a bit of a yeah. shame. Um, yeah. This is a... I'd- a new um, group of people doing a different um, con from the stuff we normally have with big guests. They've got Stan Lee and Patrick Stewart and, uh, yeah, a lot of cranky people. Scott Alley from Dark Horse as well? Correct, yeah. So there's a bunch of people trying to get their their work in front of him, I guess. That's that's correct, yeah. So um, a bit disappointing. Hopefully tomorrow will run a bit smoother for them, but it sounds like a – yeah, I – heard one person who said that you know they stood in a queue with tickets for an hour only to be told they weren't in the right place and then mm. queued for another hour and then were told you're not going to get in you might as well go so mm, it's a, I stand, did. a standard australian comic convention then <laughs> <laughs> i did see um, a couple of tweets coming through from joe from non-canonical saying pretty much the same thing venue's too small not enough staff he did say the staff that were there were very good but um yeah, yeah. Not very well organised. Yeah, a bit of a shame, you know, that, and particularly when you've got such high-profile guests. So, But they are, you know, they're new at it this year. Hopefully, if they run it again, they will get their act together for next year. But I'm not feeling no regret about having to wipe that from the schedule. Mm. What about you, Ben? What have you been up to? Um, not a great deal. Uh, it's been a bit of a long week at work finishing up on some projects. But um, today I've actually been painting my entry to the next AFB custom competition. Ooh. Yes. So, Show off. Yeah, I'm, I'm really pleased to be up to the painting stage because it's the part that I hate the most. <laughs> when are they due again? Uh, July 17th, I think. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Oh, that's, that's not too far away. I'm worried I'm not going to have my homework done on time. <laughs> I'll, this rate. It. I'll be the only entry at this rate <laughs> I'll have to ask for an extension <laughs> I'm not redoing that banner <laughs> No, 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 no. <laughs> What about you, Eli? What have you been up to? 
Uh, well, speaking of the dogs, um, we got a, a new dog since the last time I was on the podcast. Oh, puppy? Yeah, unconvincingly, but a, oh. I, think, I think it actually is <laughs> bigger than it looked in the photo. Um, it's one of those pet rescue dogs, so it's Yay. been living with some foster, foster homes. Um, probably like a cattle dog crossed with maybe a border collie or maybe a terrier or maybe, yeah, we're not really sure. But, uh, <laughs> those are the best kind of dogs, I reckon. He's a mongrel and he's a yep. very well-natured mongrel and he's been responding to, um, responding to the love and training pretty well with the, with the other small dog running around, which spent 48 hours licking the new dog's face. But he's a good dog. He's, he's got a lame leg that, uh, he gets around all right. Yeah. He's, he's getting better uh, with um, with all the exercise we're giving you, and he's a good boy. Yeah, good on you. That's great. I'm a big uh, – we have a bit of a menagerie, and all of our animals have basically happened to us over the years. They've all been rescue or strays or whatever, and I think it's a great way to build an animal family. Mm, yeah, well, uh, I was introducing uh, animals into the house, well, dogs particularly, because my, my wife wasn't really sure she was a dog person and my son was never really comfortable around them despite I taught him a few tricks about how to deal with them. And um, so the first dog's actually, you know, a bit of a breed dog and uh, that was kind of my wife's choice and the, when they decided that they were very happy with having a dog they wanted to have another one and it was them it was them who actually were looking at uh looking at the the dogs who needed a home so it turned out all right that's lovely so yeah we're developing a menagerie ourselves <laughs> all right then well let's get started and uh, we'll go to some articulated news after the break the signal goes out the ferocious feline is on the prowl but Bruce Wayne's custom coop is loaded with surprises. Batman returns. What was that? It's Batman. Catwoman sets a trap. But Batman's unstoppable. No, I'm not. Batman strikes back. Catwoman's in here. Batman returns. Bruce Wayne figure included with custom coop. Other figures sold separately. Before we get to our main features, we start each episode with a bit of news. Articulated news is where we discuss the latest events and announcements in the toy and collectibles world. We're not a comprehensive toy news service, but these are just stories that relate to things we're interested in and captured our interest this week. So guys, what news has caught your eye this week? Well, I'll go first. Uh, I was uh, checking out Action Figure Insider when I noticed a, a link to a new uh, reality show because, of course, you can never have too many reality shows. But this one caught my eye because it's called Toy Hunter. And uh, I had a bit of a look, and I think it's pretty much in the same vein as... Uh, oh, God, it escapes me now, but there's uh, those dudes that around the countryside digging out old push bikes and oil cans from people's farms. And, uh, <laughs> have you seen that? My favourite awesome? show, no, I have no idea. What, like yeah, uh, uh, Crap Hunter? I've only, I've only ever seen about two episodes. And, yeah, they basically go to these farms in America where dudes have collected just crap their entire lives looking for relics, old push bikes and motorbikes. But anyway, uh, getting a bit sidetracked there. Yeah, the Travel Channel has a, a new show called Toy Hunter. Uh, apparently, it's going to premiere uh, on the 15th of August, and it features a an acclaimed toy dealer, so that means he's pretty special, by the name of Jordan Hembra. Uh, never heard of him. Apparently, he owns a place called Hollywood Heroes in New Jersey. 
but he travels around the countryside trying to find those gems and uh, I get the impression that he probably has a, a fairly large customer um, want list and he, he goes around looking for various items. And, uh, you don't reckon he's just uh, a sick galba? Oh, quite possibly. I mean, I guess that's the whole point. You know, you, you <laughs> negotiate with these people and then sell it to um, nerdy collectors who, you know, are trying to relive their childhood. Yeah, they and... decided Troy Scalper didn't have quite as good a ring to it. So <laughs> Troy Scalper, yeah, it's better. That'd be that'd be a great video, wouldn't it? You can see some guy in the toy aisle just waiting for that box to be open, you know, pushing the ten year olds out of the way. Apples of <laughs> Yeah, nice. Actually one thing that it's funny just looking sorry, at the um link here, there's comments to the article and the first one says, Great, just what we need, a show that will probably drive up the cost of vintage toys, making it even more difficult to obtain items. So Yeah, <laughs> yeah, well, that's, yeah exactly that's right. right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh well actually a friend of mine, his sister does much the same thing. She goes around to all those um, junk sales and garage sales and that sort of thing, and she picks up, uh, this is some time ago, she picks up nerdy items that she thinks would actually sell reasonably well, and she picked up a, a My Little Pony and put it on eBay, and it went for about $550 because apparently it was one that was only ever released in Australia. So wow. much the same sort of thing. But one, what, what did actually stand out for me for this one is is obviously if I was at a junk sale and I saw a vintage Star Wars or Mego or something like that, I could, you know, I could pretty much pick straight away if there was any value to it based on the condition. But uh, clearly they go into some of the other items, things like Barbie. Well, if I saw a vintage Barbie, I wouldn't have the foggiest. So the guy must have some, some pretty serious knowledge. Um, I, I guess the only downside to this show, other than the fact that it's just another reality show, is if you've ever seen Kevin Smith's, um, new comic book guys, uh, a lot of it feels a bit kind of scripted. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, you know, these guys bring in these stupid items and they profess to know all about it and then pay stupid amounts of money and you just know it's never going to sell. So, <laughs> but, you know, it looks good on the show if they're paying, you know, 200 bucks for some toy that, you know, they're not going to get 100 bucks for. Yeah. So, but anyway, I might, um, I mean, we'll never get that here. So I'll keep an eye on that for a download and. Have a bit of a uh, bit of a. It'll look. be worth checking so, out anyway. Mm. Yeah, I usually give one or two episodes a go. But uh, look, in proper toy news, um, I saw that HeroClix they're going to be making vehicles. Oh, uh, that's a bit weird, I reckon. <laughs> oh well, I think it's a bit weird only in that the HeroClix have those sort of chunky bases. So obviously, mm. the vehicles aren't going to be made with the intention of the figures going in them. Uh, and so for those people that play the game, it'll obviously be a lot of fun, but for those people who like to just display their hero clicks, having vehicles are going to be fantastic because I guess the scale makes it um, fairly easily to do. And I think the three that they've announced so far are Blue Beetle's Bug, uh, a Batmobile, and the Invisible Plane. Wow. Yeah, so I think that sounds pretty cool. I think Blue Beetle's Bug is pretty cool. That's an exciting one to to get. yeah. Yeah, so. Is the invisible yeah, plane actually a plane? Like, <laughs> it's not <laughs> just a box of air. Yeah. <laughs> you can already get that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Waka, waka, waka. <laughs> <laughs> I think at this stage it's just announced there's been no, no proto shots yet. Yeah. Something interesting. Mm. I mean, I've, I've never been able to kind of get my head around Heroclix because, I mean, obviously there's a game attached to it and there's a – they did a Legion – um, set a couple of years ago on the last version of the the Legion, the um, Mark Wade Barry Kitson Legion, and it even had a Phantom Girl in it. But I couldn't just kind of justify the price for something that you know when you look at the actual thing, they're pretty badly painted and um, yeah, they're pretty shocking. Yeah. Um, but 
you know, still, I think that if you're into them, then getting vehicles would be an extremely exciting thing. Well, mm. they, they certainly can't be beat for army building. No. no, no. Sorry, sorry, universe building. Mm. Uh, you know, it's, uh, looking at the Marvel ones, I was astonished at some of the characters they'd made. So, And some of the oversized ones are oversized stuff look pretty cool. Like you know, the, yeah. some of the Marvel stuff with Galactus and Sentinels and that sort of thing, those are very good looking. Yeah, and they even think outside the box occasionally. Like there was the uh, the Spectre one, the giant-sized translucent Spectre. Oh, yeah. Um, and I think they did a Sinestro as well at one stage. They've done a couple of Green Lanterns sort of inside giant constructs and things. So, yeah, good on them. Cool. Hmm. I... Um... I noticed something coming through about Medicom. Um, it looks like they've got a couple of 12-inch figures of um, the Jim Lee Hush uh, version of Batman and Joker coming out. Oh. They've been spotted, and there's some nice pictures of them out there. And, um, you know, I don't actually collect any 12-inch figures myself, but this one really stuck out for me for some reason. I'm not sure what it is, but um, it doesn't strike me as particularly Jim Lee looking, the Batman that I'm talking about in particular. Yeah. But uh, I yeah. really like the look of it. And um, there's so just something, something about, I don't know if I'd, I'd pull the trigger on it, you know, considering I've got a few other in the scale that I'd probably be looking at first, mm. you know, like a Bruce mm. Lee or a Bespin Luke Skywalker or something mm. like that. But, um, yeah, this just looks really, really nice. And I reckon if they put a yellow ellipse around that bat symbol, I think uh, things could get dangerous for my wallet. <laughs> yeah. Oh, look, it's very nice. I've always been a big fan of that sort of realistic Batman as in the, the sort of material costume mm. as opposed to the armour plates. And uh, if you compare that, to, say, to the new movie costume, it, it just makes it stand out all the more. I think they've done a great job. The head mm. sculpt is very impressive. And I do think it has a bit of a... Um, yeah, I think the, the head sculpt has got a bit of a Jim Lee feel to it. For me, whatever you know, whatever that is. Well, it's expression list. Yeah, well, that's right. the Joker. <laughs> the Joker doesn't look terribly Jim Lee to me. Yeah. I, don't, I think the no. I'm not as I'm not as wild about the Joker as I am about Batman. I think Batman looks fantastic. Joker. Mm. They've obviously gone for a thinner buck, which is good, but it looks a bit. Um, yeah, not sure. Pro- yeah. Price wise, I think they're um, they're being. Uh, I think big bad. Toy Store's got them up, up for 165 on pre-order. And I don't know how that is in, in price-wise for a, a figure this scale, but it sounds reasonable. Yeah, yeah, I like them. This is what I'm actually fearing, that Hot Toys will do one day. They'll get into the comic accurate. And, That's exactly uh, well, what I Well, it's interesting thought. that Medicom have gotten in there before um, Sideshow have done it on their DC yeah. license. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. What is Sideshow doing with that anyway? I mean, we've seen. Not yeah, much. I mean, we've got there's a premium format Joker. We've seen some other stuff tease, but they've got nothing else up for order besides like the Batman life size bust. You know, and mm-hmm. for all the song and dance they made of it, I'm really and for and the amount of Marvel product that they are pushing out, I'm really surprised that we, they haven't got more DC stuff up for order at this point. Yeah, yeah. maybe there's just a timing thing with the with the agreement they've got. Hmm. Yeah. And they're clearly going to space them apart because we've seen hints of the uh, Superman and Catwoman premium format statues, but obviously no sign of sort of Wonder Woman or Batman. Mm. Mm. 
What about you, Scott? Seen anything? We talked last week about <clears throat> the t- oh, actually a couple of weeks ago we talked about the tease for the sideshow premium format Hawkeye, a comic version, but that has been fully revealed and is up for order now. Um, we were speculating about what the exclusive might be, but the exclusive is just the art print. So um, it, it's a it's a I think it's a really good looking. Um, figure. I like the pose. I think, um, you know, it's, it's very, a real action pose. It's very dynamic. Um, but, you know, it's $350. Um, yeah, that, that mask is freaking me out. You don't like the mask? <laughs> I, I, I just think it needs to be just a tad bit smaller. It, it looks too Wolverine for me. Um, yeah, it is meant to but, be closer to the face, that mask is yeah, closer to not, the head. Yeah. I, Certainly the original, but I do love the pose. I think it looks great. Yeah, the, the pose is fantastic. I'm not, you know, I've kind of cut my, I have been buying some premium formats, but I've tried to kind of limit that now to basically the X-Men females, X-Ladies, I guess, um, just to try and put some boundaries around it because they take up a lot of space and they cost a lot. And when I first saw this tease, I thought this might force me to, break that but i i'm going to manage to resist it i think it's um because i can i can also <laughs> see that it's going to take up a lot of space because of that wide pose as well um yeah, so yeah. I, I think it will be one that if you it, it the, the exclusive is still available for order and i, I do think it's mm. probably one that if you want it you should get in and order it now because um a lot of these really do keep and and increase their value on the secondary market um so yeah, get in now if you yeah. if you want it. <laughs> um. What's um What's also interesting is premium format used to be really known for their use of actual material rather than sort of cast pieces, but really beyond his weird kind of loincloth-y thing, it all looks cast. Yeah, I mean they are. I think that they are, and you know we talked about this a little bit a couple of weeks ago. They are basically consolidating their Marvel statue stuff to quarter scale, and I think mm. becoming a bit. L- less mixed media um you know they're yeah, dropping yeah. the comiquette idea and calling everything that's quarter scale a premium format um mm-hmm. and yeah but I, I, to me being more of a statue person that's actually a good thing i know that for some people it's the reverse but um yeah i i think um it, i don't think this suffers from it you know in that the, yeah. the loincloth is the thing that you would expect to be um, to be cloth. It is a really good looking piece, but I think I'm going to manage to resist it. <laughs> um, mm. And then in other news, if people are Thundercats fans, they might be interested in a couple of things that have been announced from a company called Icon Heroes, which I have to say I'm not super familiar with. Um, <clears throat> there are two things, Thundercats wise, that they are doing in preparation for San Diego Comic Con. The first one is a set of um, Thundercats mini mates which is, I think, the first time Thundercats have been done in Minimates form. It's a classic set that has um, got Lionel, Panthro, Mumra, ja- Jaga, um, and then it also has, for an added uh, bonus, a pack in... Oh, what's his name? I've lost it. Snarf. <laughs> How did I forget? <laughs> it has a... Snarf. Yes, an added bonus. It has a packed in snarf. Um, the only character more annoying than Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> True. And it looks like there's two different Lionel um, heads, actually. He has a serious head and an angry yelling head, so that's very exciting. <laughs> uh, <coughs> <laughs> 
Not the Rawr, I'm angry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. The passive the passive deep in thought. That's right, yes. <laughs> uh, either that or so, constipated. Um seriously. Yeah, but and you know, some very nice detail on it, like Mumra's cloak and that's the thing they've obviously put a lot in it. But the one that's a little bit more unusual is what they're calling a Thunder Tank statue. So I'm I'm not quite sure of the the um the labeling of this because it says it's a 10 and a quarter inch long, seven inch wide, um, two and a half inches tall. So not, not huge. Um, mm. <clears throat> but maybe it fits the minimates. Yeah, I think it must fit the minimates and it says it's versatile and maneuverable, but then it also says it is a statue. So that's a bit interesting. Yeah. I don't see a price point on it. No, I'm just having a look. It says it's, it's cast in polystone. Hmm. And it's got a removable cover to reveal the detailed cockpit underneath. If mm. that fit the Minimax, that would be extremely cool. Mm. I actually um, came across these icon, this Icon Heroes company during the week. I saw a link come through about um, some other stuff they're doing for Masters of the Universe. They've got a, a business card holder in the uh, shape of Castle Greyskull, which <laughs> <laughs> looks, looks like a pretty cool addition to Every the desk. Every professional needs right now. But matching that, they've got a, a matching power sword letter opener that slides into the back of the uh, business card holder. And I believe that letter opener is going to be at, um, at uh, San Diego as well. Oh, yeah. Cool. <laughs> Which is, you know, incredibly useful because everyone uses letter openers these days, of course. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. All the, all, the, all the letters I get yes. delivered. <laughs> but um, more Thundercat stuff. The uh, Mezco is doing a 14-inch glow-in-the-dark Mumra two-pack with, with Jaga as wow. well. <laughs> this thing looks pretty good for 14 14-inch 14 figure. And, yeah, and the two-pack's only 50 bucks, so I, I assume it's not a... It's probably a five points of articulation type yeah, of thing. I think so. Glow mm. in the dark. Glow in the dark. I just, I've never quite got it. I just, yeah, and I still don't. I don't get it. Like, you, do you, you sort of take it out and you turn off the light and you go, yep, they weren't lying. <laughs> no, no, they're, they're right on the money. Okay, I'll, I'll never do that again so long as I live. Um, I mean, I, hey, Eli, you could put it in your son's room at night because, you know, that wouldn't freak him out when you turn the light off. Ah, uh, probably not. <laughs> but they've got, they've got some of those, those glow-in-the-dark band things that, you, you know, kids get at parties and stuff at the moment. They seem to be going all right with those. That's groovy. Yeah, all right. Well, I reckon that wraps up news for this week. Um, we'll be right back with the next instalment of the AFB podcast game, Name That. Hello, boys and ghouls. It's time for another edition of Name That with your good friend, Engineer Nerd. When last I left you, I gave you an actual sound that sounded something cool and refreshing like... If you guessed that that was Moe's Tavern, you'd be correct. Now on to this week, we got another actual toy sound, and it sounds like... Okay, it sounds like... Take out Hydra. I've got Red Skull. That should be a fairly easy one, so uh, hit up the forum and let us know what you think that is, and uh, we'll talk to you again next week. 
This is Engineer Nerd saying peace out. My name is My name is My name is Thanks, Eli. Uh, doing something a little bit different for the podcast this week. I think this is the first time we've done a, a vinyl toy. And uh, I, this is probably off the top of my head, other than some kid robot blind box figures, probably the only sort of vinyl toy that I own. So I'm doing the Buddy Bradley vinyl toy from the comic book Hate by uh, Pete Bagg. And for those that don't know Pete Bagg, he's uh, been around for a while now. He first sort of hit the industry in the, the late 80s, uh, went on to be one of the most successful independent um, writer-artists, uh, was, was quite big sort of in the mid-90s when hate was at its peak. Um, he's still doing things. He's currently doing a series that's published through Dark Horse. Uh, so he's still around. Um, this is a, a pretty cool item simply because Pete Bag is one of those guys who generally avoids merchandise. Uh, he's not big on, on doing that sort of thing with his characters, much the way um, Calvin and Hobbes was another one of those that uh, you couldn't get a lot of merchandise for. And uh, Pete... Pete has a website that he updates about once every decade and uh, because of that I generally only sort of go to his website maybe a few times a year and uh, I clicked on it probably about just before Christmas last year to see sort of what he was up to and I noticed there was a, a little sort of link to this Buddy Bradley vinyl doll and I thought well, that's sort of weird, I've never really seen anything beyond a hate t-shirt. And so I clicked on it and I just loved it straight away. I took one look at it and thought it was just, you know, it was a hilarious looking item. But uh, Pete had a number of links on his website to order the, the figure because it wasn't sort of a, a mass produced figure by any means. And basically every link he had on his website was either to a website that was broken or it was to a website where it was sold out. And so I sort of started a bit of a, bit of a hunt to actually try and find it. So a little bit of background, um, alongside Calvin and Hobbes, uh, Pete Bagg's hate is um, one of those things that I'm actually not allowed to read when the good wife is in the room because <laughs> I, I basically laugh so hard at it that I get sent to the other room. So it's you either have to go to the other room or you have to read it later when I'm not in the room because um, hate is easily the funniest comic I've ever read, um, without a doubt. It's it's that kind of comic that if he could do it weekly, I'd buy it guaranteed. It's um, it's just that good. Um, hate is about this lovable slacker named Buddy Bradley who's sort of mid-20s, leads a pretty directionless life. Um, uh, and while Buddy is quite a... a, a quite an interesting character i guess it's this circle of friends uh, or, or people that he has that are um that are, are just hilarious because as you read the stories you kind of put yourself into the comic and you can sort of look at all of his friends and go yes that person you know his his nerdy friend george is the equivalent of my friend such and such and so you sort of start to see the resemblances um so sort of getting to the toy itself, um, Pete Bagg's art is quite unique. Uh, you, you sort of love it or you don't. It's very exaggerated, um, cartoonish type of thing. Characters have sort of um, 
arms that are sort of speak like string spaghetti string that bend on weird angles that sort of normal humans couldn't do. The heads are oversized and um, exaggerated, etc. And so this figure, I finally tracked it down through a Japanese seller and uh, I sent them an email. Or I, I guessed I sent them an email because I couldn't actually translate their website. I, I found this website that was entirely in <laughs> Japanese um, and there was just a picture of this Buddy Bradley doll and a price and uh, in, in Japanese yen. And for the life of me, I couldn't get um, you know, any of the browsers to translate it or anything like that. So I sort of clicked on this contact and managed to get an email going and um, I actually ended up, after exchanging a couple of emails, they must have handed it over to someone who could speak a bit of English because um, I ended up getting someone who was quite proficient with English and they were fantastic. They, they were um, very helpful and very keen to get me one of these items and help me out with the international postage and all that sort of thing. So it arrived and it's, um, yeah, it's an interesting figure. It's basically, he's about six inches tall and I think... Of those six inches, half of that is just his giant head. Um, <laughs> he 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 does look exactly like he looks in the comics. He's got this enormous head with an enormous nose. Um, he basically was hate was at its peak, kind of um, at the same time that grunge was really hitting its stride. And it just so happens that hate was actually set um, in the early issues was actually set in Seattle. So the whole slacker movement picked up on hate and just thought it was fantastic. But um, Pete Baggers said that that wasn't intentional. It just happened to coincide. So Buddy's got sort of the, the long hair that covers his eyes. And in the comics, you only tend to see his eyes, um, you know, when he exclaims in surprise or something like that. Um, so he's sort of, once you push the hair back on this figure, he, he actually has rooted black hair. Um, it sort of just hangs down everywhere over his ears and his eyes, and you can actually sort of push the hair back and see these two tiny eyes underneath it. And uh, there's a very limited, limited articulation with the figure. He, he essentially articulates at the neck and the arms, and really that's it. And so he's, he's almost a staction. But um, a little bit of an oversight in the, I guess, the design of the figure. I've actually found that there are limited poses. You can actually turn his head just a little bit before he actually gets a little bit too unsteady and he'll fall over. So he's one of those toys that I own that tends to sort of do a, a kamikaze uh, if I'm not careful. So <laughs> I've sort of I've found a pretty good pose to put him in um, where he, he does actually stay still. Now, he comes in basically a, a cardboard box that's just big enough for him to sit in. But the good thing about it is that uh, while it's a rudimentary cardboard box with just a... Um, I guess the, the sort of the shell type where one one part of the box lifts off uh, a smaller part of the box. Um, Pete Bag has actually designed the box, so he's done all new art to um, to go on the outside of the box. And when you open it, Buddy is actually sealed in a plastic bag. So uh, I guess that's the, the equivalent of keeping him sort of mint and unopened. You have to open the plastic bag to get him out. But from there, the figure is quite nifty in that um, he's wearing his traditional uh, sort of flannel shirt and sneakers and his jeans that he, he wears pretty much throughout the entire run of the comic book. And the shirt is actually material. So he's got this groovy sort of yellow and, and red striped shirt. And um, you can actually take it off if you're so inclined, but because his head's so big, it's actually quite difficult. Uh, and in sort of true Buddy Bradley slacker style, he's got a, a bottle of beer in one hand and a cigarette in the other. Um, 
The other part that is actually realistic is um, his shoelaces. He's sort of always drawn with those sort of oversized feet and, and therefore sort of the, the dramatic laces that go with it. But the feet of the figure do actually have, well, I assume the holes are drilled in them, and he's actually got threaded shoelaces, which are then sort of tied into big dramatic bows as well. Um, if you do know Buddy Bradley, the character, uh, as a slacker, he's not just a slacker, but he's sort of one of those guys who always, he's always, uh, he's always sort of drawn with a bit of a slouch, like life's just too hard to, to stand up straight. And so the toy even comes with that sort of exaggerated slouch that he always has as well. And, um, you know, life is a bit, a uh, bit tough for Buddy. So he really does look, the figure really reflects, uh, the fact that sometimes he, does do it a bit tough and uh, yeah when it actually turned up um, I was actually quite sort of blown away by just how much fun it is it really does look like Buddy because it's the kind of thing I mean sometimes we see characters in TV shows um, things like South Park and that and then when you see uh, items in 3D they just don't quite work um, but this one just looks like Buddy on every possible angle and I think he ended up costing me, he wasn't cheap. I think he ended up costing me about $50 and about half of that was actually the, the freight to get him here. So mm. given that uh, the communication barrier, I wasn't prepared to sort of sit and argue about different types of uh, Japanese postage. So in the end, I just accepted the quote and uh, got him here. Um, I did a bit of a hunt online for him and I actually couldn't find him anywhere for sale. Every link that I found, not that there's many, um, he was pretty much sold out. So, mm. but look, a little bit more detail. He was actually manufactured by a company called Press Pop Toys, uh, who apparently do the little Enid fashion dolls. And uh, he's sold. Mm, they're very well known little Enid fashion dolls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I might actually do those next time. I'll do oh, next time I have a toy of the week. Yeah, <laughs> guess, go, go through your whole collection. I, I will, too. yeah. I might have to break it up because I've got quite a few. So, <laughs> um, He's actually sculpted by a guy, and I hope I get this right. Um, I think it's, it's Key Hinatani. So if you're into your sculptors and you're into your, um, your vinyl, um, so that's interesting that not only uh, did Pete sort of um, give in and actually do some merchandising, but he's actually gone with, um, a, a, I guess, a type of toy or, or action figure that is quite popular on the Japanese market and it's clearly produced by a Japanese company, sculpted by um, you know, a Japanese artist, etc. So he's avoided the whole American sort of cultural market. Mm. So, so is this articulated? I'm sorry if you mentioned that. Um, just at the neck right. and at the shoulders. Okay, so he but can lift his beer. He can and he can lift his cigarette, but unfortunately <laughs> he, he doesn't sort of articulate at the wrist or anything, so you're very right. limited. But also because he's got this gigantic head, you, you, again, you can't actually raise the beer bottle that high because it's sort of you can sort of, yeah, you can lift it up so it's as if it's um, being held to his mouth, etc. But I think generally Buddy being the slacker that he is, he just kind of stands there with his beer and his cigarette sort of at, at waist level. And is the um, beer attached to his hand? or it's It is, yeah. Okay. It's, it's all fully sculpted. All right, okay. So, so is the cigarette. So, um, I must confess, I have never heard of this character. So when, oh. I, when I saw it in the, uh, in the script, I was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> So, but now, you know, I was, um, I'm just something I've obviously just missed out on a, a gap in my pop culture experience. 
<laughs> well, I, I actually didn't start reading Hate until about issue uh, maybe I think four or five was my first issue. He used to produce a comic called Neat Stuff, and it, one of the features in there was actually um, a series called The Bradleys, and it actually features Buddy and his very, very bizarre family. Like his, his father's one of those fathers who... He's always calling him a loser, and when are you going to get you know get your act together in life? And <laughs> uh, and spoiler alert, spoiler alert. There's sort of one issue later in the series where he has this huge argument with his father, and he says, you know, sometimes I wish he'd just die, and he storms out of the house, and his girlfriend Lisa is left behind, and she's sort of feeling really guilty and talking to the father, and she goes off for a minute, comes back, and he's died. <gasps> oh my goodness. <laughs> And so then Buddy comes back and feels really guilty that, you know, he, he did that. But it's just one of those comics that um, you just relate to. It really is uh, just a, a perfect piece. of. It's very autobiographical. Um, um, Pete Bagg has said that, that it's pretty much his life, but exaggerated. And uh, it's also one of those comics that came out sporadically. I think he did 30 issues in about 11 or 12 years from, from about 89 to sort of 2000-ish. And he still does the odd hate annual, he calls them. Um, they, they're just a hate annual where he just thinks of another story and, and will release that through Dark Horse. Um, the original series was through Fantagraphics. So I think that pretty much wraps it up. I think I mentioned the removable shirt, um, the, the realistic hair, etc. Cool. And, um, yeah, I, I, I quite like it. So would you, what would you give it for a, at a, a dolly rating? Oh, gosh, that's really hard because um, I don't really have anything to compare it to. So if I just had to go through the sheer fun factor um, and the fact that I, I actually own some hate merchandise, I'd probably have to give it a nine. Oh, I just love the comic. Honestly, if you if you want to read a comic book where you'll have to stop to to take in some air, um, then hate is the way to go. So, so um, you said he only put out uh, what thirty issues in in ten or twelve years. Yeah, but before that, he was doing um, neat stuff, and I think there was another series called Meet the Bradleys. And so what uh, else is is that, is this what he does? You know. Yeah, he comes up ever since Hate wrapped up, and I, I think he basically said that Hate had a finite life. There was only so many stories he could tell. Mm. Uh, he had a bit of a pause. He was trying to get Hate started as a an animated series on MTV, so he put a lot of effort into that before okay. MTV pulled the plug. Um, he did a quite a clever series called Apocalypse Nerd, and that was through Dark Horse. Uh, he's currently doing another series called Reset, which is currently coming out from Dark Horse. I think they're up to issue four, which I picked up last week. Um, I've pretty much got a, with my standing order at my local comic shop, um, D's Books and Comics, uh, my standing order just says anything by Pete Bag. I'll, uh, <laughs> I don't care what he does, I'll, I'll pick it up. It's just, it's that much fun. So. Cool. Yeah. Oh, nice. Nine out of ten rating sounds pretty good. It does look like a fun figure to have. It is, yeah. Definitely, I think, qualifies for that bizarre part of our collection <laughs> in, in the Toy of the Week tag, that's for sure. Yeah. All right, well, that wraps up Toy of the Week. Um, when we come back, we'll be talking about the new items that we've added to our collections this week. Now you can have your own special Captain Planet adventure with your favourite planeteers. There's Wheeler, who has the power of fire and the daring Linka with the power of wind. You can even use the Planeteer's Eco-Cycle. 
and your own power rings will let you call Captain Planet. Bring him to the rescue and save the Earth. Captain Planet and the Planeteers, now available at Kmart. Well, we're all here because we collect, so feeding the addiction is where we take time to check in with each other and discuss any new acquisitions of pre-orders we've made. This week I've actually, uh, well, I've picked up an action figure, which is not a very common occurrence for me. <laughs> uh, I actually I actually grabbed the uh, DC Direct All-Star Superman figure. Um, that's one from a, a couple of years ago now, I think it is, mm-hmm. and it's based on the um, Grant Morrison, um, Frank Quitely uh, story that has been immortalised and talked about and talked about. Um, I didn't get it because of that story. I like that story enough. I think it's pretty good. I don't necessarily think it is, uh, it's as good as what everybody um, holds it up to be. But um, it was all right. But uh, yeah, the main it, reason I've got... Sorry. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I know you were hunting for that figure. Did you end up finding it at a retail store or did you eBay... No, I got it on eBay from uh, somebody in San Francisco, I believe. Oh, cool! And, and it was at a you know reasonable price. I think it cost me about thirty bucks in the end. So it's yeah. not not like a you know no different to getting it off the shelf here. So that was alright. Mm. Um, but I'd been kind of, sort of, maybe on this figure ever since it came out. Um, but there was something our friend from Argentina, who shall not be named, said once. <laughs> that, that, that's Tom, by the way, everybody. <laughs> um, it was something about if Superman gets his powers and strengths from the yellow sun, there would be absolutely no need for him to be muscle-bound in that sort of goes-to-the-gym-every-day ripped kind of way. Mm-hmm. And uh, this has rung true with ever since and uh, stuck in my head. So um, I picked up this one because he's not muscle-bound like that. Yeah. He, he's just, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a big barrel-chested guy. He's got strong arms, you know, he's a farm-bred boy. And uh, I think together with the, the uh, Kurt Swan-inspired Showcase Presents Superman that came out around the same time, and uh, it'll look pretty good. And I'm also um, trying to hunt down the Trinity Superman figure, which is... Probably a little bit more muscly, but again, that same type of theme. So I'm, I'm probably going to, once I get hold of those, display them together. Um, but I don't think either of you guys have got that figure, have you? Which one? The Trinity? The all, no, the All-Star Superman. I do have the All-Star Superman, yeah. Um, I got it with... Oh, you do? I do, yeah. I have. It. I got it with the um, All-Star Lois as well. Ah, uh, yes. Um, but which is actually a great figure, the Lois, mm. um, great great uh, one to use for customizing as well. That provides mm. a good buck. Yeah, yeah. she does. I think, that, she? I think that served as a buck for at least one of your um, Legion of Superheroes figures, didn't I, it? Mm. Yes, the ones that our friend Doctor Trific is doing for me. Um, I think I can't remember offhand which one it was. It might have been Saturn Girl, um, but yes, definitely. Yeah, but it's a great great figure too. I, I mean, I love the series. Uh, the that um, was also the Superman was also re-released in a two-pack with a Bizarro, mm, mm, which um, yeah. I've never been able. I would quite like the Bizarro, but I've never been able to justify the cost of the two figures just for one. Mm, mm. Oh well, if we'd known that earlier, we could have worked out something. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but no, I also um, uh, it was actually last week where I actually um, put in an order for a, um, a sketch commission from an artist I really dig. And this is 
my first foray into commissioning some work since the the Jeremy Trace debacle. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought we weren't going to mention that. <laughs> that's that's all I'm going to say about it because we don't want to say too many unkind things about anybody. Um, but this uh, Jonathan Case, now he's uh, he. I reckon this guy is going to be pretty well known very soon now. Um, I was following him from. I think he was... said that about Jeremy Trace, but anyway. Well... <laughs> <laughs> No, I didn't. <laughs> I think there was a few people who were saying that, but yeah, I think it was pretty soon um, once his, his his business skills got figured out that that wasn't going to happen. Um, just to just to give him a bit of credit, he did actually redo one because one of the pieces that I paid for I never got, and I. Partly, I think, because I kept paying him out on Twitter, um, he did actually redo that very nicely and send it to me. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, still absolute shocker. I did get it. I, I also got all the pieces I paid for, and I've got a very, very nice um, uh, big barter uh, sketch of his that I, I really like, and he did a great power pack one for my boy. So, yep. but it was a long drawn out saga. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, anyway back, to, back to Jonathan Case. Uh, so I've been following him for uh, must be about four years or something. There was a little um, sort of uh, self-published um, comic that he was doing at the time called Sea Freak, and um, I ordered a couple of um, uh, the the first three issues that he'd done. You know, sort of printing them together. I don't know. It always almost felt like he'd knocked them together at Kinko's, but uh, mm-hmm. very nice uh, black and white stuff. Very surreal kind of stuff. And it sort of disappeared. I didn't know what had happened. And then it surfaced again um, uh, as, a, as a book called Dear Creature and um, really great. And, and at the same time, this is last year, at the same time he, he did a book called uh, Green River Killer for Dark Horse wow. last year based on the real-life um, serial killer story. Wow. Really great work, um, perfect pitch, and got nominated for a bunch of awards. And um, he's now seems to be getting some steady work. Um, he did the Guild story um, for Free Comic Book Day, which okay. was really nice. Yep. And he's currently got uh, working with John Arcudi in um, on his Creep that uh, Dark Horse are doing, which is in Dark Horse Presents at the moment, soon to be its own series. Cool. And based on that sort of relationship, I wouldn't be surprised at all if we'll see him on uh, Hellboy or BPRD soon because he's, mm. he's got the right style, um, great use of blacks, really nice guy too. So I've been in contact with him over the last couple of years and, um, yep, so I'm really looking forward to that. And uh, naturally it's a firestorm that I'm going to get him to do. <laughs> to... Shock and surprise. Shock and surprise. <laughs> but once I get that, um, I'm sure I'll tell you more about it. Awesome. Excellent. That's very cool. Anybody else get something this week? Yeah, I, a bit of a, a light-on week for me. Um, some time ago uh, on the forum, I had a bit of a rant about the cost of DC, uh, DC Universe Classics figures at my local Toys R Us. And on the occasion when they do get something in, the price is usually just ridiculous. And one of the first items that actually turned up there was the um, Hal Jordan Sinestro 2-pack and I was actually quite interested in that one because it actually comes with quite a few constructs. You get the green and yellow constructs and the um, sort of metallic green Hal Jordan. 
And uh, when I put it under the scanner, it came up at $70, and I thought, you've got to be serious. You, oh you've, got, you've got to be joking. Like, I just, you know, the, the dollar was at about $1.07 or something like that, and I thought, I, I, I just don't get it. I don't understand. There must be some toll in the middle of the ocean when a ship goes from China to America as opposed to China to Australia. Um, I just don't get it. <laughs> and so I bitched and complained, and I paid them out, and I was there the other day, and they originally got 10 of them. And so I was looking at the nine remaining ones the other day and uh, they had moved them and there was no price. And I thought, oh, I might just check out of curiosity. And I scanned it. That came up as um, thirty nine ninety eight or something. Oh. Uh, and I thought, oh, okay. And then I thought, oh, damn it. Now I'm going to, you know, I, I feel so sort of, um, you know, I'm almost being guilted into this because I bitched about it for so long at $70 that I felt obligated to buy it at 40 So, But I'm glad I did because the constructs are actually really cool. So they'll come in handy when I finally getting around, get around to fixing up my DC Universe Classics display. So, yeah, that was it for me this week. Hmm. And Scott? I, uh, ben mentioned last week that he got his Bone Designs thing statue and I got mine this week. And uh, I won't labor the point because we talked about it last week, but I'm very impressed with it as well. Um, I um, have got the original Invisible Woman and Mr. Fantastic Bowen statues, and um, I was keen to see how this one went with them because I'm not really keen on the new ones that are coming out. There's a three-pack coming out of Johnny, Sue, and Reed, but it doesn't really grab me. And... Um, I'm really happy that this new thing statue goes really well with the original um, two that I've got. So I still need a human torch, but um, I'm really happy with that. Pretty great sculpt by Randy Bowen and great paint. Very happy. And then I also ordered the Bowen Juggernaut statue. I didn't pre-order this because um, there were a lot of changes kind of happening to this statue um, in production and I, well, I guess in, in the lead up and we didn't really get an update about what the final decisions were about the changes. So I just decided to wait until I saw some in-hand pics of people that had already got it because it's just been released. Um, but now that I've seen that, I've gone ahead and ordered it. Um, the, the original Bowen Juggernaut statue is one that goes for a great amount of money on eBay whenever it um, sells. And it's also an action kind of running pose, so, so something that would really take up a lot of space. Mm. And I'm more interested in having a juggernaut that I can display with other characters. And this is more of a museum pose, so even though it's not as dynamic, I think it actually is going to suit my collection better. So I'll hopefully have that within the next couple of podcasts to talk about. Nice. And that's all for me. Cool. All right, well, I think it's time to award another red card to something or someone in the toy universe. What is this, bizarro world? Red carded is a chance to poke fun at the what-the-fuck moments in our hobby, be they unusual announcements, a complete fail action figure, or worse. This week, we're looking at something that's... I don't know if it's red carded, but it's definitely a what the fuck moment. <laughs> it's a listing that uh, I came across on um, eBay just today. And the title of the thing, just to get things started in a weird, weird way, is the Tokusatsu Special Edition Ultraman Battle Ultra Metron Fish Monster Figure Ref A. Same to you. 
Yeah, so I think maybe we'll shorten this to Battle Ultra Metron Fish Monster. (laughs) (laughs) I believe that's what he goes by when he's not working, yes. Yeah, Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, fuck, this is just weird. uh, (laughs) There's not many details on it, um, but with a little bit of digging around, we did uh, before the show, we think it actually exists uh, as a character um, from uh, one of the Japanese, um, in, in inverted commas, live action film or television drama <laughs> called Tokusatsu. So the type of thing where you see Godzilla. Yeah. And um, it uh, it's an odd looking character. Um, <laughs> How, how tall did we decide he was? Like 40 metres tall or something like that? Um, he is wearing this blue sort of outfit and he looks like he's got an upside-down trout for his head <laughs> and so. And on the back he has uh, like tentacle suckers down the back of his head and, and back. It's a very weird-looking piece. We can't work out if this is a handmade piece or a actual production piece of something. Um, it's it's photographed loose uh, against a number of different backgrounds. It looks like it's been painted. Backgrounds not included. No, backgrounds are not included, and we'll get to the listing. It moment. actually looks like a, possibly like a lead figurine or a die-cast figurine. It looks like it's been painted in a sheltered workshop. <laughs> um, I mean, this thing could be three inches tall for all we know. We, we, oh, no, we, it says it's, it is, it's seven centimetres. Two five centimetres. Two five centimetres. Oh, no, or is that five what? centimetres wide? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like some... Okay, seven centimeters tall, and that kind of explains the, uh, the the paint job to a certain extent. Yeah, it looks like a demented Happy Meal toy. Um, what I love about this uh, item is the wording of the listing. Um, it, 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 there's a quite quite a long screed to read, which I won't read all of it, but one of the best bits is good things come to those who have patience and then in capital letters, do not buy from me for a friend's birthday next week. Do not buy from me if you have no patience at all. Mm. Do not buy from me. <laughs> I have got 100% positive feedback rating. I, I noticed that, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Anyway, I don't know if we need to labour on this one, but um, we'll put a put a link up or a picture up on the on the on the site, and if you're lucky enough, you may be viewing a picture on the um, the enhanced podcast. It is wackadoodle, wackadoodle. <laughs> well, coming <laughs> after that well-deserved wackadoodle is a, is our discussion topic of the week. <laughs> Thunder, 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 thunder. Introducing Evil Mutant Warriors, Ratero, Soldier Man, Groom the Destroyer, battle against Lion-O and the new Thundercat allies, Hatchiman, Snowman, Tusker Warrior, the battle is on for the Sword of Omen. Thunder, 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 thunder. 
figures and vehicles each sold separately from LJF. So this week's discussion topic is Holy Grails. So what makes a Holy Grail? Is it a figure or a statue or a prop or a piece of original art that you wish you had in your collection that you just don't have yet? Or is it something that hasn't been made? Maybe it's just hard to find or maybe it's just too bloody expensive. Talking about price, uh, one thing that I've wanted to have in my connect collection is uh, Mez- Mezco's Hellboy series, the comic book-based stuff from Mike Minola's art. Um, I've only got a Lobster Johnson figure, which is great, and I can probably get a Hellboy, but uh, I've kicked myself for not getting certain figures uh, like Abe or Roger or Johan for decent prizes when I had the chance. And then you can forget about Liz Sherman because she costs 80 to 100 bucks if you want to get hold of her. What about availability? Some, some things just don't turn up on eBay. You might not see many of for whatever reason. Um, I mentioned picking up All-Star Superman this week, but I can't find a Trinity Superman from DC Direct. It shouldn't be that hard to find, but some things just aren't. You keep looking. Some things were impractical. One of the guys on uh, Critical Mess mentioned they'd like to have a life-size hand solo in carbonate hanging on their living, living room wall. <laughs> I'm sure that's not going to happen in my house. Uh, <laughs> unless I get it into my son's room. Now, there's an idea. Yeah, that, would, that wouldn't be creepy at all. <laughs> Maybe you could actually replace the door to a room so that, you know, so hand just swings oh. open. Yeah. And maybe it's a bit of all of the above, something from your childhood that you got chucked out or you couldn't afford then, but you know you've got a grown-up income. Um, Dr. Terrific was mentioning about uh, Megos and Aurora model kits, you know, managed to uh, amass all those and it becomes something that he's got and it's a good point he made about, but once I've got it, you know, how much of a holy grail is it? Does it stop being the holy grail as soon as you've got it? That's probably one we can throw to you. Uh, ben, you've recently picked up one of your Holy Grails. I did, yeah. I mentioned it uh, last week. I picked up the sideshow Emma Frost, the White Queen comicette from the uh, Adam Hughes line of girls. Uh, I mentioned uh, in that episode that uh, I actually I remember seeing it uh, at, on a couple of online retail places and I ummed and art and before I knew it, it was actually sold out. So I, I continued with the rest of the line. Uh, picking up Mary Jane, etc., but it was the one that always eluded me, and for some reason it always went for silly prices. And so I guess, you know, there's that sort of holy grail limit. You, you often look at an item and, and think, well, you know, irrespective of um, whether there's one on eBay or not, there is actually a limit I'd be prepared to pay for that, and uh, that was the case for me. They they sort of often went for the six or $700, and I just hung in there and hung in there. It's funny how we associate a level of money we think we're willing to pay for something, but we spend so much time actually looking for it that if we actually, you know, <laughs> talked about the amount we get paid at work and would we have spent that much time dicking around on an hourly wage? <laughs> yeah, maybe we could get second jobs working in like a gas station and we could just put that money to it and just buy the next one we see on eBay. <laughs> so what else is on your holy grail list now that you've checked that one off? For me, it would be the Sideshow Premium format Captain America. Uh, I remember, Uh, again, when that one first came out, I wasn't actually that familiar with Sideshow. I I knew Bowen was producing statues and a couple of other companies like Hard Hero, and I remember seeing it, but the the retail price at an Australian retailer was uh, was just over $400 from memory. And I was like, gosh, that's a lot to pay for a statue. But, geez, you know, it's really nifty, and it even showed... Um, the good wife, and she thought it was impressive, and I armed an art, went back, and it was sold out. And oh. um, 
It's not uh, it's not one that is difficult to get. There's almost always at least one or two on eBay at any one time, and I actually checked before this episode, and there are two on eBay at the moment. One is $1,500 and one is $1,900. Jeez. Um, and I have to confess that even if... I found $1,500 in the street that I could spend guilt-free on my collection. I really don't think I could bring myself to spend that much mm. on on that. So, yeah, it's another one of those ones that has a bit of a dollar limit. Wow. About you, Scott? Um, my probably biggest one is a DC Direct statue, which is their DC Direct Confrontations, Batman versus Killer Croc, um, that I had the chance to... Uh, order that when it first came out and I didn't for whatever reason I read some reviews of it decided I really liked it um didn't have the money at the time and uh it is rarely on eBay and when it is um I've just had a look now there's actually two which is quite unusual um and one is $926 and one is $975 and that's both (laughs) plus um shipping from the States, which is about another $100 because it's a huge statue. And that's so, only released in the last couple of years, wasn't it's, it? It's, mm. not, it's not that old. But I, I'd say, uh, um, you know, it's obviously not a big edition size and it's one that, um, you know, has kind of uh, – is obviously well regarded and for whatever reason it is just impossible. So I've, I've basically written it off. And I, I, mean, I remember writing it off when it was around the $500 mark and thinking, well, that's ridiculous. I'm not going to pay that for a statue. And it just keeps increasing. So um, mm. if you have one of those sitting around somewhere <laughs> and, and, you're, and you're stuck for money, shove it on eBay. <laughs> um, yeah, but that's, you know, it's just kind of one of those or, or things. Or send it to Scott. Or send, or, yeah, send it to me. Hello. And, and you've got some of those ultra Ultraman figures for trade, don't you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, what's, it, what's his name? Fish Monster. <laughs> Ultraman, Ultrametron, Fish Monster figure, Ref A. Thank you. Um, I'm going to have to get onto eBay and pick up all those before this podcast gets out. I'm going to be leaving the cash. True. So, yeah, it's just kind of one of those things that passes you by. You know, it's not like something that, you know, some things are grails because they were around before you were collecting or whatever, but that's just one that I could have had it. And I don't, <laughs> and I probably mm. never will. <laughs> it's a it's a hard thing though, isn't it, with with some of these items because you know the longer you don't get it, they're they're most likely just going to keep going up on up in value. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I sorry. Oh no, I, I that's an interesting comment that uh, some of these things do go up in price, and I guess on a lot of those exclusive statues, some things never change. Movies don't help, but. Um, for me, I, I'm sort of filling in a lot of my holes of Marvel uh, Comics back issues and I've actually been very fortunate on eBay by just doing a bit of hard work because there are a lot of comics I think, oh, if I don't get them now, they're just going to keep going up in price. But every now and then you can find one of those listings where the guy has made no effort whatsoever, he's got really crap photos or just one really crap photo. And a little bit of the listing. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And a little bit of sort of um, finagling and a couple of emails backwards and forwards and, you know, all of a sudden the guy's raced over to his brother's house and, and sort of run the comic through the scanner and... I've picked up some significant back issues for very, very good prices just by being patient. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, this is, I've got a, a eBay save search for this and I rarely get a hit on it. Um, and, you know, and when I do, I just look at it and go, oh, well, that's, <laughs> I, you know, I'm just waiting for 
the person who doesn't know what it's worth to to put it up so that I can snaffle it. <laughs> I just I don't I'm not going to hold my breath. That's for sure. Yeah, I think so, um, so. The one thing that I I've been wanting to get for ages, and I just need to. I think I just need to sell some stuff so I've got some pay pay cash to justify spending. Is um, the Canada's bike from the Akira? Um, uh, franchise yeah. by Bandai, not the McFarlane version, the Bandai version. Hmm. It's really not that expensive, so I reckon you can pick it up for between a hundred and one hundred and fifty bucks. Um, but I do have a I have a psychological barrier there with a hundred dollar mark. Um, something you guys you you're a little bit more comfortable, depending on what it is with the you know collecting statues, I guess. Hmm. You know, it's it's not a massive piece. I think it's about nine inches long in total. Um, it's a nice looking piece, and just I just got to figure out a way to pay for it without feeling guilty about money <laughs> I could be spending on something else. Well, no, I, I think you, you you sort of nailed it when you said that we have those psychological limits. I mean, I uh, I've paid a lot of money for single comic books. I've paid a lot of money for statues, but uh, I still don't have the Wonder Twins and Gleek for my DC Universe Classics um, collection. But when they do turn up on eBay, they go for silly prices and you know, I'm just not prepared to pay the, the prices that people are asking. Yeah, it comes down to what it's worth to you, doesn't it? Uh, That's indeed, right. Indeed. Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, um, I, I mentioned in one of the threads on either Action Figure Blues or Critical Mess that um, I had a couple of stories about uh, props because mm. I noticed one thing that kept coming up over and over again, uh, in particular Big Raj mentioned the... Um, the Factory X Mjolnir that was released some years ago when, when Factory X did a few uh, movie, uh, sorry, a few comic book items like Captain America's Shield, etc. Uh, and I think someone else mentioned, um, I think it was Levia on Critical Mess mentioned the Cronin mask from Hellboy. Mm. They did it. But uh, in my many lifetimes of part-time jobs while I was at university, I worked at a comic book store and the this guy that came into the shop and he was a real he was a nerd's nerd absolute nerd's nerd um including the whole doesn't shower that kind of thing and he he actually used to collect props from movies and tv shows and at the time i was a bit sort of young and naive and i didn't sort of realize you know the kind of costs that went into these things and he uh he would actually because i showed an interest in in what he was collecting he used to bring them in and show them to me and he came in um, one particular week and he had this box and he said, oh, you know, I thought you might like to see this. And this is at the height of the X-Files. And he took this box out and it was all very nicely presented. And it was actually the, it was all the TV show used FBI badges from a season of the X-Files. Wow. So, yeah. Apparently when, like for arguments, sake, season six wrapped up, they sell off all the props. And so he had the actual... FBI identity badges used by all the characters, and he had Mulder and Scully and Cryacek and and everybody. And he's like, yeah, yeah, these are the ones that they you know they flash to the camera during the show. And I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. And I'm looking at Mulder's one, going, oh, you know, David Duchovny actually touched this, and you know, and he he bought them through legitimate uh, legitimate auction houses and things like that. And I said, oh, so you know, what do these sort of set you back? And he's like, oh, three thousand dollars. I'm like, oh. And you, so let me get this right. You don't shower. You buy three three thousand dollar, you know, ID badges, and you don't have a girlfriend. 
And um, <laughs> you don't shower. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, you know these these people. They they can take an insult. Was, was he wearing pants, Ben? <laughs> um, he was, but it was always the same ones. Oh, He's, I uh, need to hear stories like that. It's you know those moments when you think, "Oh my goodness, I'm an obsessive collector," and then you hear things. No, like, oh, wait a minute, I'm no, not completely no. crazy. Oh no, I'll I'll get to the coup, the the, the coup de grace here, uh, the um, coup de gras, coup de yeah, Anyway, he he came in one day and he was so excited and he said, "You know, I've I've sort of got this dream piece." And I said, "Oh, okay." I'm trying to think. You know, what is it? Like you know, Scully's underwear or something like that, and. He said, no, no, I've actually picked up the model that they used for, and I can't remember which episode of Next Generation. It might have even been all good things, like the final episode. But he picked up the um, prop used for um, the on-screen prop for one of the um, one of the starships. Now, it wasn't the Enterprise, but it was obviously a, a similar kind of um, series. And he said, oh, you know, it was in this episode and you saw it during the battle of such and such and such. And I'm thinking, oh, you know, that's pretty cool. You know, he's got this sort of like two-foot model that, you know, they, they used. And he said, oh, but I've actually got to go and collect it from Sydney and I'm organising a courier to pick it up. I'm thinking, what? You know, can't you just carry this thing to your car? And uh, he showed me a photo and I just said, holy crap. And um, it was 12 feet long. Oh, my goodness. And I, I'm, I said, seriously, this thing is 12 foot long. He's like, oh, yeah, they're, they're putting it in a shipping container and such and such and such, and they do this special thing where they they basically wrap it in plastic, put it in the box, and then they fill up the box with liquid polystyrene that, that then mm. sets and it creates like a custom sort of um, mm. cover for it. And so I'm sitting there like doing the numbers in my head going, so, you know, half a dozen ID badges are $3,000. And so I'm like, oh, so what does something like this set you back? And he's like, oh, I had to get a loan for this one. It was 35 grand. Oh, my goodness. Fuck. Okay. (laughs) So, yeah, so any excitement I had about, you know, collecting uh, movie and TV props pretty much went out the window when you see those kind of prices. Goodness. I'll I'll keep my grails to... um... Little, little statues, thank you very much. Damn, <laughs> tiny, tiny little statues. Tiny little statues. Quarter you. scales, tiny right. statues. <laughs> I guess it just goes to show that, um, you know, pretty much anything is out there. Yeah, and no, I was pretty surprised by some of the stuff that um, people were talking about uh, that they have or would like to have on the um, on the forums and um, some of the stuff on, on Facebook. Um, some really big things. Well, that's right. I mean, you know, a grail is obviously all in the eye of the beholder. And sometimes, you know, like we talked about before, sometimes it's just availability. You know, something like, for instance, I don't know, one of Justin's grails is the Justice League Unlimited Volcano figure just because it never got proper um, Mm. distribution and goes for ridiculous prices on eBay. So that can create that situation or, you know, sometimes it is stuff that, you just came to collecting too late for us. So, for example, another one of mine is, um, you know, when DC Direct uh, were doing full-size, you know, kind of 12-inch statues, Tim Bruckner did a few, and the Green Arrow, um, one of his, is one that I've always really admired. They did a mini statue of it um, just recently, which I I didn't spend money on in hopes that someday I might come across the... Uh, 
real the real one the the full size one for you know a reasonable price um but again it's not on ebay very often when it is it's 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 a bit dear and uh you know it's 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 just it's all in the it's all subjective isn't it yeah yeah one of the ones i actually liked on on facebook was um afb member um ryan mentioned on facebook that um there's an unofficial Devastator set from Transformers, and it's six statues, hmm. uh, six six figures. And uh, he mentioned he's got three of the six so far, and it's a matter of sort of tracking down and uh, affording the other three. So that's an interesting one. Um, so other other things. So we've talked um, a lot about um, statues and the like. Um, original art. Um, is, is a thing I, I'm really interested in, but again, that type of thing where pulling the trigger at a certain amount of money is, is a bit tricky for me. Um, I did just, as I mentioned, order order a, a commission sketch, which was which was good. I didn't feel bad at all about spending that money. It was all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a couple of items that I would really love. One of them's probably realistic. Getting hold of a, a piece, an original um, piece of art. A uh, Firestorm cover from the 80s by Rafael Kayanen, one of the, um, the the Filipino invasion artists who I really dig. And he, he's, he's quite quite successful now and he's done a lot of fantasy stuff. And yes, he actually, Conan. Yeah, he did a bunch of Conan. I think he also did some painting for the Spider-Man Broadway thing, which I'm not sure has actually even started or not. Went through all sorts of legal. Oh yes, yeah, the stunt the stuntman died, so they halted production uh, or something. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so he, he did a bunch of work for that. But anyway, um, yeah, I really really dig the um, the stuff he did on Firestorm. But there's another um, there's another artist that I would I would love to have a piece of art by him. A guy called Kent Williams. I don't know if you guys are mm. familiar with him, but um, he did a lot oh. of paint. He does a lot of painterly stuff. Late '80s, he got onto cover art for a lot of things, um, particularly for Epic. Um, so he did covers for their Shadowline series. He did the Havoc and Wolverine series with John J. Muff. Um, and that, that's actually quite a significant series because um, currently in in the Marvel Universe, Wolverine gets trashed pretty much every issue, and it's not unusual. <laughs> On a, seriously, like yeah, 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 yeah. The amount of yeah. damage that Wolverine takes these days is quite significant, but. For many many years, you know, it was it was actually you know Wolverine would get a couple of arrows stuck in him, and you'd just sort of go, "Whoa, you know, that's yeah. that's, pretty, that's badass." <laughs> but I actually remember reading um, Meltdown, and there's a scene where Wolverine actually gets blasted yeah. um, by Havoc, and then Wolverine's just standing there looking at his arm, and all the flesh has completely gone from his arm, and all you can see is the two bones. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and I just remember going, whoa, like, wow, man. Like, that was pretty awesome, yeah. Yeah, he's taken some damage, but, you know, that's kind of like every day now. My, um, my, my original art grail is I would love to um, – and I've actually – I've got the link and everything to get a, a Mike Grell um, commission of some Legion stuff because I, I really love oh, yeah. the um, Cochrane – Grell um, era of Legion of Superheroes, and of course Dave Cockrum's no longer with us. Um, and so I keep thinking, you know, I really should do that. And for some reason, I, like it's a bit pricey for what I would want. Um, I could get a just a head you know, headshot for seventy five bucks kind of thing, but for what I would really mm. like, it's a bit pricey. And uh, you know, and it's but it's 
you know, not as much as what I would spend on a statue that I really wanted, but for some reason I come to that and go, uh, I don't know. <laughs> so I guess, you know, it's those, those sort of those limits, but I, I keep thinking, oh, maybe one day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I've just been amazed at how original art has gone through the roof. Um, you know, the, the prices that people will pay for pieces now is, uh, mm. is just obscene. Um, I know Adam Hughes stopped doing commissions at conventions because people were getting these commissions for two or $300 and then basically putting them on eBay that night and, and getting $1,000. Flipping them, as they, as they call it. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And I know now... Fair, uh, when... fair enough. That would piss me off too if I was the oh, artist. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and... yeah. My, my, my daughter's really sick and she loves your work <laughs> yeah. sexy women and could you put in some extra effort for me? Thanks, man. But, and, and, I mean, it's actually happened to most artists. Like, I mean, Michael Golden got fleeced many years ago and he stopped selling his art simply because somebody fleeced him yeah. um, quite badly. And I know now when Hughes, Adam Hughes goes to a convention, his wife puts up an eBay auction for one commission sketch uh, and that's it. That's what he will do through eBay. And it routinely goes for sort of $3,000 wow. um, for, for a sketch. Um, that's just, that's just crazy. Um, just back on the toy thing, one, one other grail that I have where there's an issue with um, is I, I would love to have a original Mego Aquaman, um, but there are there's a lot of stuff on eBay around Mego that it's very difficult to tell what you're actually getting. There's a lot of reproduction stuff, um, mm. you know, where people go to great lengths to you know reproduce the original box and artwork and that sort of thing. And sometimes it says, but sometimes you know stuff is being sold as original, and you kind of look at it and go, you know, I'm just not sure. And that uh, you know, as well as the huge prices on that, I mean, it's probably something that I could afford, and if I knew exactly what I was getting. I might be prepared to pay for, but you, you know, you look at it and go, I'm just not exactly sure if that is the yeah. real thing. And I'm not prepared to put out that amount of, of money, amount of money when I'm not exactly sure what it is I'm getting. So that can be another thing that creates a grail as well. Mm. <laughs> My action figure, Holy Grail is to own every Marvel legend Sentinel ever produced. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's not a grail. That's a compulsion. That's, a, that's it's an... being a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and I don't feel guilty about it. <laughs> well, then there are, of course, grails that are stuff that we want people to make that haven't been yeah. made. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, particularly, it's a pretty common theme around um, the, the six-inch scale figures. So DC Universe made people think a whole lot of stuff was possible. We, You know, the Four Horsemen brought brought life to a few things like for instance you know the commandy figure that eventually got made that was that that fixed at least one one person's holy grail looking at you gardener grail <laughs> gardener grail's holy grail ah. Ah, nice nice um yeah in that scale though i've got uh well I don't even know if it's a holy grail, but that's definitely a figure that i i haven't seen that i once seen and that would be a six inch scale firehawk DC Direct style rather than DC Universe I'd be happy with because I just think they do a better female buck. Mm. Indeed, indeed. But I think the other one that I would want is just a Firestorm statue or, I don't know, a 12-inch figure or maybe a bus, <laughs> fucking anything. Just yeah, give anything. me a choice. <laughs> give me something. I, Not a Blackest Night Deathstorm bus. <laughs> Firestorm 
is one that I'm really surprised because, you know, DC Direct, particularly with their bus, they have really covered a lot of ground. You know, mm. they, they've done a lot of characters. They've done, you know, the demon and, and the, you know, all kinds of things. Like, and Fire, yeah, Firestorm is just, I'm, I don't know why they've ignored him. Yeah. yeah. He's yellow and red. He looks good on the <laughs> shelf. He's got fire coming out of his head. <laughs> Actually, I've got a bit of a quote. Before we sort of continue on to wish list grails, have you ever seen an item announced, solicited or anything like that and gone, oh, wow, that's just, I've got to have that. And then when it's finally sort of gone up for official solicitation, you've seen the price and you've just gone, yeah, thanks, guys. Um, you, you've just broken my heart. Not being into sort of the, the larger scale figures, I haven't really had that disappointment. But uh, let's just mention the uh, Necker's unfinished Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, Turtle line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was just, that was one, a bit soul-destroying. Where one that came to mind for me was um, there was a, a company in the US that spoke with Frank Frazetta and... They wanted to make a uh, an actual one-to-one uh, replica wearable helmet to his death dealer. And uh, I can remember them talking about it and they ended up sort of speaking about the process that would go into it and they ended up making this helmet and they actually used real horn for the horns and everything like that and it's just... Um, I might actually try and find a photo so I can include it on the podcast, but it was just the most amazing-looking helmet. It had Frank's approval, so, um, you know, and they gave him one of them. And then I remember when it finally went up for sale and they said, oh, yeah, we're only making 25 of them and they'll be $4,000 each. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> so, thanks, guys. Yeah, great. <laughs> well, I guess for them, I bet there would have been 25 th- people in the world who would have spent that oh, money too. Absolutely. For sure, yeah. yeah. And I thought, I could sell my car. And then, like, I could, be, <laughs> I could be standing at the bus stop with my Death Dealer helmet on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So, so just to, just to add to the um, previous images that you've given us of Sailor Moon and what were you doing last week? I can't remember this. Uh, who knows? Who knows? Me and my my behind closed doors cosplay. Yeah, dear, dear. So, but um, speaking of props, um, we we did get a few mentions of the props. As I mentioned, there was the uh, the Cronin mask and. Uh, um, Big Raj mentioned the Factory X uh, Mjolnir. Um, but Mjolnir. Fact- Mjolnir, and yeah. I, I think Mjolnir. the fact I'm just going to keep correcting you until you get it right. <laughs> what is it? Yeah, Mjolnir. Mjolnir. Be, be careful because he doesn't take kindly to have his having his pronunciations. Oh, corrected. go and get yourself some caramel water and shut up. As per last week's <laughs> discussion of share. Sorry, go on. Blah blah blah. <laughs> so, but those guys, Factory X, who actually did the hammer of Thor, um, they, they did a fantastic job. Like, it's it's a gorgeous-looking uh, piece. But they also did a Captain America shield, and it's it's actually the best one I've ever seen. Um, they just absolutely nailed it. For me, the, the circles were spaced nicely apart. Um, and a lot of people, they tend to um, get the size of Cap's shield wrong. It's actually meant to be 30 inches across, and uh, it's just a beautiful piece. But I ended up reading up a little bit about it, and apparently it actually had uh, paint issues. 
And so um, the number of them that are actually sort of issue-free are, are few and far between. So, yeah, I'd love for someone to still get around to making a, a Captain America shield replica that's actually not only sort of well-produced, but, you know, you can actually pick it up rather than just sort of hang it on the wall. And when you throw it, it comes back to you instead of banging into the wall and breaking. Well, look, if I was, uh, you know, if I was hurling it at kids who were crossing my lawn, I'd quite be quite prepared to go after it and pick it up so I could hurl it again. No, that's all right. <laughs> uh, is there any other um, any other grails we should we should mention? Are we doing our our wish listy ones yet, or <laughs> the, the yet to be made ones? Or yeah, well, the one I mean. My yet-to-be-maids used to include Bronze Age Legion figures, but Dr. Trivik and I have been slowly taking care of that. And, uh, you know, a lot of them he has done such a good job on that I wouldn't, you know, for instance, Phantom Girl, um, who is my favorite Legionnaire, one of my favorite characters. You know, I, he, he, Dr. Trivik did such a good job with my Phantom Girl custom that, you know, I don't even feel like I need a DC Universe Classics one because he just did it you know, better than any company is going to be able to do it. Um, and so that's been very satisfying. Um, but I would still love some Legion statues. I was really hoping that the, um, cover girls of the DC universe line might get around to a couple of Legionnaires, like at least, um, Dawnstar or, you know, something I think would have been beautiful, but, um, that seems to have gone by the by. Um, so yeah, that, that's about, I mean, there's a couple of, on, on the Marvel side, you know, as a Bowen collector, I've, there's definitely some holes in my Avengers collection I'm really hanging out for. What, what are you laughing about? <laughs> <laughs> no, I perish the thought. Um, the, 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 um, yeah, I'm still really hanging out for, um, Captain Marvel 2, Monica Rambeau, although I'm getting my own made of that eventually. Um, and Star Fox, Moon Dragon, you know, there's a couple of kind of key characters I think there that I'm hanging out for. But Bowen, I, I have a lot of confidence in Bowen that they're going to, he will get around to those guys eventually because he's just doing such a good job of it. So that doesn't kind of worry me so much. Yeah, there's certainly one Bowen statue in particular that I'm waiting on. So, <laughs> uh, uh, yes. Master of Kung Fu. Mm-hmm. The one. One um, that I do think I find weird has never been done is Kitty Pride in her Shadowcat costume. You know, to me that's her most iconic mm. costume, and it's so good looking as well. Um, and you know, we've had two, we've had a bust and a statue of her in her pretty daggy first appearance mm. costume with the, you know, bold, well, the uh, skull cap, you know, thing. Um, and then a modern one, but no, no shadow cat. So I'm hoping they get to that eventually. Yeah, but I mean, I, I still find Bowen a little odd in the fact that he's done uh, like a full size gladiator statue, and by gladiator I mean the Daredevil villain as opposed to the Shi'ar Imperial Guard. But then he's never done the Wrecker or the Absorbing Man. Um, and he's actually both... tried to do Absorbing Man, and Marvel not back the sculpt. Yeah, dirty fuckers. Uh, it looked a bit weird, actually. I have to say. Um, he's done Wrecker as a bust. Yeah, blah, blah. He's done Absorbing Man as a bust as well. Nah, don't do busts. Well, that... <laughs> <laughs> That's not... You can't say he's never done it. Well, he's never done a statue. Blah, blah. Yeah. I remember seeing the... Uh, I can't remember who actually made it. I know Sideshow have done one, but a uh, life-size Terminator... T-800 
endoskeleton. And uh, I was completely blown away by that. I, uh, I think if there was a, a holy grail of collector item, um, I'd love one of those, though I had absolutely no idea where I'd put it. Maybe you could get a get a custom costume made of it. You could just yeah, wear it right. oh, yeah. with, your, with your helmet. Speaking of costumes, we certainly can't go past <laughs> our friend Adam. Oh, yeah. um, his his grail apparently is a wearable Spider-Man costume. I love that. <laughs> and um, sadly, because he and and of course, after last week, he shared. There's, there's a picture in last week's podcast in the enhanced podcast of Adam in his pajamas. Um, you know, we now know that um, if he gets one, he will share it with us. So I'm I'm barracking for that as well. Hoorah! <laughs> So are there, um, speaking of things like, um, you know, props, if we step away from sort of toys and statues and go to props, is there uh, any particular props you're after? I've got the... I don't do props. You don't do props? <laughs> props to you, man. I've got quite a few. Uh, I've got sort of bits and pieces like the uh, Hellboy Right Hand of Doom, um, which sits next to my sort of Hellboy bust. Um I've also got the um, the blade um, sword of the Daywalker, which uh, I'm actually not allowed to display. <laughs> so it's kind of you know Too defeats scary. the purpose. Uh, I think it's because you know we have friends with young children, and it, <laughs> uh, it, it, it doesn't have a sharp edge, but it has a sharp point. Yeah. Uh, so I think that the temptation is also there to touch um, because it does look quite good. So, so yeah, anything sort of taken your fancy over the, over the years? No, I don't think I'd, I would never be able to have you know things like um, no. Wouldn't be able to have weapons in the house, um, and I don't know. I guess I'm, I'm. I think I mentioned this before about having um, representations of actual actors, and I think for me, movie representations is something I just want to see on the screen rather than off the screen. So you haven't been tempted by an Iron Man helmet or something like that? No. No, that stuff doesn't get me either. It's like the same with the life-size busts. I kind of think, you know, I don't think I would actually want that in my lounge room or something because I think it could be a bit creepy. Like, <laughs> I, you know, just I, some, something that's actually... Yeah, yeah I think big. they look cool, just yeah. like I think things look cool in a museum. That, exactly. That, have in my own home, yeah, an art gallery which I wouldn't have in my own home, yeah. But the, that's um, the 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 prop thing. I, I can see even a bigger black hole of money than mm. what I'm in already. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've got the, uh, the the Terminator T800 Endo Skull, so it's mm. just a life size metal skull of the Terminator. Mm. And, yeah, I've um, seen a photo of that. It looks pretty bloody cool. <laughs> It is pretty cool, and when I first got it, I, I sort of put it onto the um, the entertainment unit next to Hellboy, and the, my beloved was uh, not impressed, let's say. <laughs> and, uh, she said, that's not going to sit there, is it? And I said, well, I was hoping it could sit there. So, uh, I'll give it a uh, shot. <laughs> she, she said, I'm really not comfortable sitting here watching TV while it's looking at me. And I said, oh, hey. No need to worry. This this will make you feel better. And, of course, then I flicked a switch on the back and the eyes light up. So uh, <laughs> that didn't help the cause. Well, I think we really should say thank you to 
everybody that contributed on forums and Facebook and Twitter to this because we really got a lot of um, mm. a lot of feedback this week. Re- you we know, did. really great, um, really great feedback. Yeah, it was great. Thank um, you, everyone. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to wrap that up, even if we're not done yet. We could just keep going. We could keep going. <laughs> All right. uh, we'll be back in a moment with some feedback before we wrap things up. Duke's in trouble. Scramble the Storm Eagle. But G.I. Joe Storm Eagle has a hidden water cannon that shoots up to 20 feet. But the Cobra Liquidator's making a splash and the Parasite's launching catapult missiles. Mobilize the Patriot. It's the G.I. Joe Patriot with a huge mortar cannon that really fires. G.I. Joe Patriot, Storm Eagle, Cobra, Parasite, and Liquidator sold separately. I found the Barracuda! But Duke's gone. So glad you could join us. <laughs> Before we finish off, we've got some feedback from our listeners to share with you. If you'd like to hear your questions, comments, or suggestions on future episodes, email us at podcast at actionfigureblues.com and you may just hear it read out. I'm going to read out the first bit of feedback tonight. It's a guy from, from our Facebook page. It's from a guy called Christopher. And he says, hey, guys, really enjoying the podcast as usual, but I'm giving a red card to the term groovy. Both Scott and Ben have used it, and it's so not cool. I'm also giving a preemptive red card to the term daggy. Don't even (laughs) thinking about using it. Lol. (laughs) Well, that's groovy, Chris. Yeah, I'm offended. I'm I'm sorry, but if it's good enough for Ash, it's good enough for me. What is not cool about Groovy? I'd yeah. be gutted, guys. Uh, yeah, that's the most um, biting criticism we've ever received. Lol. Um, lol. <laughs> good, good on you, Christopher. Thank you very much for your feedback, but no promises. Uh, sorry. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, but my my whole post-apocalyptic zombie universe um, you know, plan is based around a lot of what um, Ash did in Army of Dead. So, you know, if it's good did, enough did for he, Ash, it's good enough for me. Does he say Groovy? He does, yeah. It's one of his yeah. catchphrases. When was that movie made? Which one? Or did he say it all? The t- he says it all the time, does he? Oh yeah. I'm too little to watch those films. I've never seen them, so. Um, uh, but I hear they're groovy. Groovy. Uh, oh. <laughs> groovy. Oh, well. Nice. They're, they're badass. They're badass. They're badass. Thank you. Badass. Badass. I've got the other bit of feedback. And this is from our friend John, and this is in relation to the bit of news that we did last week on the Jabba's Palace Lego set, and we um, were missing some bits of names of Star Wars stuff and saying that John was probably yelling at the podcast the names, and he <laughs> and he says, um, first of all, one of the things that we couldn't think of was the name of Jabba's Green Dancing Girl, who we called Jabba's Green Dancing Girl, and he says her name is Ula. Ula is Jabba's Green Dancing Girl. I think we called her Ethel, didn't we? we which is close, you know, but not yeah. exactly right. And then we also didn't have the name for Vader's Star Destroyer. He says it is the Executor. However, I'll give you a pass on that one since the original Kenner playset was called Darth Vader's Star Destroyer. And he also says, and yes, I may have been yelling in my car while listening on the way to work. <laughs> so sorry that we made you yell at us, John. Um, but <laughs> we think it's very groovy that you gave uh, us t- the answers. Lol. To be fair, I don't speak fluent Twi'lek, but I'm pretty sure that Ula, Ula is Twi'lek for Ethel. Um, I, I thought it was Twi'lek I, for sure. 
I was just trying to imagine if Ula actually had a speaking part and she had a Scandinavian accent or something. Yeah. yeah. Hello, I am Ula. Ula. How are you she, today? She just had a screaming Hello. part. A screaming and being eaten part. Yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> that was a bit brutal. A bit brutal. What a way to go. Alrighty, that brings us to the end of episode number 20 of the Action Figure Blues podcast. Groovy. Yes, it was groovy. We hope you've you've enjoyed listening to us being groovy. Groovy. Otherwise talking shit. (laughs) Um, You'll be able to download future episodes of the podcast by going to the actionfigureblues.com website and clicking on the podcast tab or by subscribing at iTunes. If you do go to iTunes, please take the time to leave us a positive rating and review. While you're at actionfigureblues.com, you might like to check out the reviews and articles there and perhaps visit some of our sponsors like Mike's Comics and Stuff, Big Bad Toy Store and popculture.com who help keep the site running. I think Pop Culture have got a sale going this week, don't they? They Scott? do. It'll be over by the time this gets up, but yeah, they do. Yep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> when we're not podcasting, blogging, or doing other assorted hobby-related activities, you can find all of us on the Action Figure Blues Forum at afbforum.com. I post there as Dozy Muppet, Ben posts there as Fish Milkshake, and Scott posts there as Scotty. We'd love to hear from you with any comments or suggestions for future Toys of the Week or discussion topics. And you can do it by emailing podcast at actionfigureblues.com or by joining the AFB forum and telling us there. You can also follow Action Figure Blues on Twitter at the at AFB Blues. AF Blues, is that it? It's AF, AF, Blues. AF Blues, yeah. <laughs> I just clicked on it. I didn't, yeah. At AF Blues, yes, okay. And like the Action Figure Blues page on Facebook at facebook.com slash actionfigureblues. Well, that's the end, guys. Groovy. Being groovy. <laughs> Sorry, Chris. So, Sorry, let's Christopher. Just run, let's just run that into the ground. <laughs> Us do that? No, we wouldn't do that. No run way. with a joke and kill it. No way. We would never no. do that. All right, we didn't talk about Shang Chi, did we? Talk about who? Deathly Silence. Ah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, been sweet. Good night, everybody. Yes. Good night, everybody. Good night, Argentina. Argentina, we hate you. Oh. <laughs> Scorn. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs>
five, four, three. This episode, our toy of the week is Peter Bag's hate Buddy Bradley vinyl doll. <laughs> <I'm sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've got another midnight to run our hands, guys. No, 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 no. I'm sorry, I won't laugh this time. No, just, that was really good too. I'm sorry. It'd be, it'd be good if you did have a mute button. Do you know my wife has said that to me a number of times? Five, four, three. This episode, our toy of the week is Peter Bagg's hate Buddy Bradley vinyl doll and our discussion. God. Oh, God, sorry, man. I had to do it once. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, had, I just had to do it once. It's out of my system now. I apologise. I'll behave. <laughs> oh, God, I've killed Scott. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, oh, the internal conflict that went on just then. Should I do it? Shouldn't I do it? Oh. It was so good if Scott had <laughs> Would have been all right. I know. I could- <laughs> oh, I'm a bad man. I'm paying for that. Okay. Oh. Five, four, three. Welcome, everybody. How are we all going? Very well, Very thank you. Thank you. And what have we been up to this week, Scott? Um, I have. Oh, I'm echoing. Can anyone else hear me echoing? Oh, so you developed an echo in the during the week. That's good. Where about you pick that hate, up from? Hate. Mm-hmm. So- <laughs> did we lose Ben? Or did he just choose not to contribute? No, we lost Ben. Oh wow! Did we just do the whole sex? Yeah, session we did. Yeah. <laughs> Not doing it again. No. Nah. <laughs> <laughs>